Hello, hello, hello. From wherever and whenever you may be listening, this is another episode of The Rambler and the Gambler. This is Kevin, joined as always by Dan. Hey, bud. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. How about yourself? Better than the president. (laughs) (laughs) We did not set that joke up. Nope. Uh, Everything is ad-libbed off the top of the cuff here. We are obviously recording on a Friday morning. Yep. Family got in the way yesterday. We apologize, but the picks are still red hot. Yeah, Dan was 2-1 and last week, and I was 1-2. and We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, First, let's go backwards, talk a little bit about week three before we jump into week four. So obviously the biggest game last week was the Monday night (laughs) not-so-thriller between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. My question for you, Dan, is do you think the Ravens can win a Super Bowl as currently constructed? Because it seems like they beat up on... Garbage? Well, they're 0-3 against the Chiefs and 21-1 and against everyone else or yeah, I mean, whatever listen, that stat is. So listen, most people lose to the Chiefs, but I still think... And, and honestly, I don't want to completely pin this on Lamar 100%. But, yes, we have spoken about this off-pod, and Baltimore does beat up on the garbage and always choke in the big spots. I mean, the three that stick out in my mind were Lamar Jackson's first playoff game two years ago. They came in at home, and they lost to the Chargers. Then last year— First playoff game, though, I give them a pass. Okay, fine. Last year, they're 14-2, and they're at home, and they lose to the sixth seed, who not only beat them, but beat them— by two touchdowns in their own building. And, you know, you look at the stats. Lamar had 500 total yards together, 350 passing, 150 rushing, whatever it was. But at that point, the damage was done. Um, so, honestly, I don't know if we can put it all on Lamar. But, he, I mean, think about it. He's only, he's only second or third year. He's only third year in the league. He's already won an MVP, which should have went to Russell Wilson, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. But still, like... Give the guy some time. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute complete outlier. He is just doing things that we haven't seen done, uh, you know, ever. And then again, the third game, getting back to it, was this one where I even took the Ravens minus three and a half. I'm like, all right, listen, they're on a they're on a revenge tour from last year. Yeah, I know. What was I thinking? Silly. Rabbit. I bet against uh, I bet against the freaking um, Chiefs in the in the Super Bowl last year too, and I was looking really smart for three and a half quarters. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, listen, I think they can win. I think they have the pieces, but I feel like, you know what they're lacking now since Ray Ray left? They're lacking leadership. They got a lot of young guys and a lot of guys who are good players, but they don't have that guy who's really going to be the... You're talking Ray Lewis. Yeah. I thought you meant Ray Rice. Oh, God, no. I was about to say, like, Everybody, I would never condone Ray Ray Rice as a leader. We're not even going to get into that. We're talking about Ray Lewis, the the two-time Super Bowl champion. I'm sitting here thoroughly confused. I'm like, what is he talking about? No, definitely not Ray Lewis. Sorry. So Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, yes. You know, I mean, you remember the pregame speeches he had? Just his his goofy-ass dance that came out (laughs) psyched up all the Baltimore fans and and the team. They don't have that now. Harbaugh is not the – he's not his brother. He's not as loud and rambunctious. It's kind of like you and me. You're a little more even keel. I'm a little more loud and crazy, right? Like – well, let's remember who won the Super Bowl when they played each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Anyway, um, I don't think that – actually, I do think that they can win a Super Bowl. I just think they really need to start learning from these mistakes because every time they come into these games as highly touted favorites and they're not playing crap teams, they don't really show up. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't have much to add, but here's what I'll say. I think they can win a Super Bowl as currently constructed as well. Uh, the the shortcoming the Ravens have is they play football one way. So if you get down 21-3, is Lamar your drop back and throw a guy to uh, bring your team back? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. We saw that with Patrick Mahomes over and over last year, and even this year with the Charger game a little bit, that mm-hmm. he is that kind of guy. But, you know, the Ravens where, you know, they, they jump out on teams early, they get the lead, and then they just run and pound you right. and pound you and run and pound you. And then, obviously, all that time of possession keeps their defense off the field, keeps them fresh. It's a formula that's great, and I give the Ravens credit because, you know, Lamar Jackson obviously was the last of all those 2018 quarterbacks taken. And the Ravens took him and went all in. They drafted linemen. They drafted tight ends. Yeah. They're like, we are going to make our team Lamar Jackson's team. They weren't trying to fit Lamar Jackson into whatever their schemes already were. Mm -hmm. So I give them credit. Uh, Lamar needs to develop as a guy who can come from behind and, uh, you know, throw his team back into the lead. for. Yeah, they were up 3-0. You're thinking, all right, then the Kansas City got a touchdown and then another touchdown. And then the kickoff return return came back and saved them to make it look like it was, you know, a three-point game. Right, but their offense wasn't. But their offense, I mean, the offense was punt, 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 fumble, end of half. So yeah. it's like, okay. Yeah. All right. And then, you know, the Chiefs, I mean, same listen, old story. What can we say about Patrick I was going to say, the game was big for so many reasons. And, you know, the fact that there's only one team that gets a buy in each conference this year uh, could come back to play dividends uh, come playoff time. But yeah. that is far, far <coughs> away. So kudos yeah. to the Chiefs for rolling. And we'll see what the Ravens do in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, and the Chiefs more or less have two games in hand now because even if they lose another game and the Ravens win, they still got the head-to-head tiebreaker at 3-1. and one. Right. Granted, I don't see any chance the Chiefs lose this weekend, but... We'll know. see. You never know. That's why they play the game, right? Yeah. All right, two-minute drill. Let's get into all the games last week quickly. All right, all right, all right. I just want to jump into the Giants first just to get them out of the way because yeah. it's we'll, my annual... We'll spend a little... Weekly. We'll spend a little bit more time on the Giants because we got to No, rant. it's my annual... Uh, Giants rant. Oh, excuse me. We're going. We're going deep. <laughs> week week four. Here we go and go. They're just so bad. <laughs> no kidding. I know I'm not breaking any news here, but everyone in this league is scoring points. The overs are hitting like crazy. And what have the Giants put up for three weeks? Sixteen points, which included a garbage touchdown on Monday Night Football Week One. Wait, sixteen points through three games? No, no, no. Listen, oh. each game. 16 points in week one, which included that late garbage touchdown against the Steelers. Mm -hmm. 13 points against the Bears. And then nine points last week against the second string JV 49ers. Third string. So that is good for 32nd in the league in scoring at just under 13 points a game. Thanks, Jason Garrett. Thanks for for joining the crew. Oh, my God. I could rant, too. The Giants possessed the ball for 20 minutes the entire game. That leaves that defense, which isn't good, out to dry. I heard lowest since 2006 for the Giants. What? Time of possession. Yeah. That's a long time ago. No kidding. And Dan, let's, let's, let's run. I have so much to go over. I'm just going to narrow this down. Let's go. go over the second half drives. Sure. Right? So the score at halftime, if, I am, Tied. if I'm remembering, was 9-9? No, 6-6, I believe. Nope. I lied. It was 16-6. Okay, so the Giants come out in the field goal and kick a field goal. Second half and kick a field goal. So now it's 16-9. Yeah. Then the Niners go eight plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Giants, turn the ball, run downs. Niners, four plays, 30 yards, touchdown. Mm -hmm. Giants, punt. Next, Niners, 15 plays, 92 yards, touchdown. 
Giants, fumble. <laughs> Game over. Mm-hmm. Ayuk and Jeff Wilson Jr., whoever the hell that is, walked in on like 20-yard carries. Uh, Ayuk's was obviously a wide receiver reverse. They weren't even touched. It's like, I don't know. I can't think of the word. It's not complimentary football. It's the complete opposite. The offense leaves yeah. the defense out the dry, and the defense can't play defense. So it's October, and the season is over again. So think about what the Giants did. The Maras, I mean, you got to respect them. They're like one of the best football families with the Roonies in Pittsburgh. But, my God, like, what are you doing right now? So they pick up the guy, Joe Judge, who was on the Alabama staff with Saban, and he was also worked under um, Belichick in New England. So you're thinking, okay, the guy knows how to win, and he's a winner. Yeah, but he's under other people's tutelage, and he's following their direction and as part of a scheme and a game plan, okay? So the Giants are like, oh, yeah, 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 let's take him. So now he's our guy. He's never coached anywhere, a head coach at any level anywhere before, and now he's our guy. And who does he get? The thrown away leftovers from Arby's, Freddie Kitchens, and you got Jason the Stair Garrett. What did they call him? The Clapper. The Clapper, excuse me. The Clapper. I mean, I can't even stand looking at him wearing a Giants uniform because of 10 plus years as the, as the Cowboys head coach. It's like we basically took the leftover trick. It was like the Salvation Army it was like we're gonna sale take a guy, of head coaches. Yeah, it's like we're going to take a guy that's never coached before, but we're going to put other guys that were coaches on the staff. And it's yeah. like, why is that we're a good give idea? You some support. So the guys that were head coaches that couldn't get head coaching jobs, you put on our staff as non head coaches to support a guy who's never been a head oh, coach. Seriously, just absolute annihilation. And the talent is garbage. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about Gettleman in detail before. He Our sucks. best players out for the year, obviously. How many best players did the Niners have out? They had their best D lineman out. They obviously had their best quarterback out. They had their best running back I'm out. They you, had their best wide receiver but the, out. But the Niners, they had their best cornerback out. But the Niners are a deep, way deeper team. I mean, come on. Yeah, kudos to the Niners. I mean, yes, they beat up on the Jets and Giants, but they're getting wins while their team is injured, and the Giants can't get wins with the full squad. I know Saquon wasn't there, full squad. but still. Yeah, it's, and honestly, you look at some of these other games. We were watching the Denver game last night. This guy, Mark Rippon's uh, nephew, he's playing quarterback last night. He played at Boise State, you know, kind of like the best school up in that region that's not in a Power 5 conference. Okay, he comes in. This guy's throwing the ball over the field, albeit on the Jets. But, this, I mean, his O-line's protecting him. It's like Daniel Jones was, was drafted, what, sixth? Yeah. Sixth overall. Okay, this guy was drafted in. He was undrafted last night. <laughs> he was undrafted. And now he's throwing the ball over the field. And he yeah. scored touchdowns. And, and Daniel had, Jones needs to cut the turnover. I mean, my down, God. we've been saying ever since he took over the job. God, he's so bad. I mean, give me Trevor Lawrence right now. Honestly, Giants tank the rest of the way. <laughs> tanking for Trevor. Weren't we just talking about tanking for Tua last year? For the Dolphins, yeah. Yeah, but. Who ended up getting him, ironically enough, with the fifth pick. Yeah, exactly. Remember everyone's like, oh, the Dolphins are going to be 0-16? Anyway, I don't want to ruin the rest of my Friday talking about the Giants, so... <laughs> They've already ruined the rest of our season, but... Yeah. Okay, next. Um, let's go to another train wreck of a franchise. Oh, my God, I know exactly who you're going to say. Are they from the South? Yeah, the Bears-Falcons game. Let's touch oh on that. Oh, my God. If... They, the Falcons blowing those leads in back-to-back weeks, there's probably a better chance the whole team gets struck by lightning. Seriously. The most competitive they looked was the opening weekend when they were at home against Seattle, and they still lost by two touchdowns. Right. But, I mean, last week, two weeks ago against the, the Cowboys, I mean, I was cringing. Like, how these things happen to that team? I mean, the Falcons blew the Super Bowl against the Patriots a few years ago, too. It's like they're just cursed. They just cannot hold a lead. And Dan Quinn just stands there looking like, I don't know what to do. It's like, he, yeah. He's like, how did I not get fired last why don't you year? Call, how do, why do I have to keep tolerating Why don't this? you call Freddie Kitchens and Jason Garrett? They'll tell you what to do. Get fired and go join another team. Yeah, the Giants are probably hire as their D coordinator next year. 
the Bears have now screwed up my best bet twice in week one with the Lions and this game. I, I took the Falcons laying the two and a half, which I thought was a sure thing, especially as the game went on. But, yeah, you know, the irony is, of course, I bet the season under of eight and a half wins for the Bears win total. And now they have Nick Foles in and they're right. three and oh. And, you know, that everything is just going up in flames because of the Chicago Bears. Well, we but. could spend we could spend five to six minutes talking about this between the Falcons just imploding twice. Then you got uh, Mitchie, number two overall pick, Mitchie, in the same draft as Mahomes, getting benched for who? The guy who's on his third team in three years, Nick Foles, just still floating around, comes in in, what, a half of football, throws 188 yards and three touchdowns. Meanwhile, Mitchie still showed up on the stat sheet as the leading rusher with one carry for 45 yards. How about that? I mean, to me, it's just baffling. That, can anyone in this league play with a lead? Because, I mean— The Chiefs can. Okay, but even the Chiefs are notorious for coming back and the other team blowing the lead. So obviously we saw this with the Falcons. Uh, We saw the uh, Bills almost blow a 28-3 lead. We saw the Falcons do this twice, as I just mentioned. Um, We saw the Lions do this in week one with the Bears. It seems like... It seems like we should just be betting all the overs and find a team team that's (laughs) down 21 points in the second half and just bet all of them because if one wins at that... 75 to 1, 50 to 1, whatever the odds are, you're going to yep. cover all the other bets. Yep. Which would be the most fascinating way to make money ever betting on football. But um, I mean, it's crazy, though. I mean, all the overs keep hitting. And what are we attributing that to? Because when they do the preseason games and they do OTAs, it's like the offense does it and the defense does it. But I feel like the offense is just putting up so many points. I don't know if there's just the, not, not as good defensive personnel or they just need a longer time to get coordinated. What do you think? Yeah, the offense. Always does better in the beginning of the year. You know, some of it's weather-based, uh, you know, playing at full speed on defense versus, you know, running around in shorts and, and practice. Yeah, I get it. As the, as the season wears on, you usually see the defense catch up to the offense. But this year it seems like they're, they're way behind. <laughs> way behind. They're getting lapped. So let me just go back to this Bears-Falcons game and then we'll wrap up and move on unless you have anything else to add. No. We're running through the – I want to – this is my, my fun takeaway this week. I'm running through the second half drive charts, right? Yeah. So second half, the Falcons go touchdown and field goal. They take a 26-10 to 10 lead. And then the Bears go INT, punt, and turnover on downs with that incomplete pass. That was a touchdown that was overturned in the end zone. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. So it was 26-10. So then Atlanta has the ball with 10 minutes left. 26-16 after the turnover on downs. No, it right? wasn't. No, it was originally a touchdown, and then they reviewed it. Oh, and, oh, oh, uh, yeah. oh, okay, okay. I'm so, sorry. So now yeah, it's right. 26-10. Atlanta has the ball with 10 minutes left, and they're up 16. So then they go three plays, five yards, punt. Chicago, touchdown. Is this, what, is this when Foles comes in? Or yeah, is, after the uh, second interception. No, the, after the first interception, which was Mitchie's. Okay. Um, Foles threw a pick as well. But after the first interception, which was Mitchie's, they brought in um, Foles. Gotcha. So Foles threw the pick in the end zone to Anthony Miller, which was a yes, touchdown. That was yes, a, yes, yeah, yes. So that was Foles. Gotcha. Okay. So Atlanta has the ball with 10 minutes left, up 16. They go three plays, five yards, punt. Chicago comes down, scores a TD, but doesn't get the two-point conversion. So it's still a two-score game. So Atlanta gets the ball back. Mm-hmm. Three plays, one yard, punt. Chicago. Burn. Comes right down, touchdown, 26-23. Atlanta gets the ball back. Three plays, negative five yards, punt. Chicago. Comes right down, scores a touchdown, 30-26. to It's like... I blinked, and you're down four. So I'm like, all right, maybe they'll come back like the Bills did. Hey, Matt Ryan starts moving the ball. Yeah, four plays, 31 yards, though. Throws the pick. Game (laughs) over. So Atlanta with the lead, let's recap. Nine plays, one yard, no points, two punts. Mm, Burn. 
Like, I don't... And what do we attribute that to? Is that coaching? Matt Ryan, listen, Matt Ryan was an MVP. He also went to a Super Bowl, similar to Cam Newton. MVP went to a Super Bowl, did not win. But, like, are we thinking Matt Ryan's regressing? No, it's, it's execution, right? Like, you just need to get... One first down, which will take an additional two minutes off the clock, at least if you run 40 seconds, play clocks, no timeouts, whatever, running the ball. They can't even get one first down. So I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's Bears adjustments. I don't know enough about X's and O's to tell you exactly what it is. Atlanta's defense has been habitually terrible. Right. And you know your defense is habitually terrible, so you can't take your foot off the gas. You need to continue to score points. So maybe Atlanta was too aggressive and throwing the ball and getting incomplete passes and clock stopped. Or maybe they just can't run the ball. I sometimes wonder, like, what the mental psyche is of a lot of these NFL players. Like, are they, are they getting down? Atlanta's got to be thinking, like, yeah! as soon as that second touchdown happened and it was 26-16. Right. The body language they, they gotta be thinking, looking around oh, like, yeah, exactly. Like, some guys, like, dig down deep and they stick their heels in the ground and they play tough. And some guys you just figure, like, oh, man, like, dear. Like, you can see their faces. I felt this way about the Ravens game the other night when they started to get whooped by Mahomes and, like, Mahomes was running around and just flicking passes and everybody was making catches. You could see it in the eyes of the Baltimore players that they were like, shit, we're in trouble. Right. It's like, but you're you're, you're Atlanta's got to feel that when they're down, like, 3 nothing. Like, <laughs> actually, Atlanta Dan probably feels Quinn, comfortable down 3 nothing. It's Dan, when they're up 23 nothing is when they get scared. Dan Quinn's got his depends on before the game, knowing that he's going to be in some trouble. <laughs> I can't believe they brought him back. I don't know. Well, Arthur Blank. Yeah, he's loyal uh, to a fault. Yeah, like. okay. There we go. Thank you. That's is Dan Quinn the first coach fired? Adam Gase lost last night. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out today. No, I, I heard, I read an article this morning that they were not going to fire him. I mean, the Jets. That's because he's friends with Joe Douglas, the, the GM. The Jets at least showed some life last night. Like, I right, guess. So I fell asleep when it was, uh, whatever. Listen. Zero, zero. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep before kickoff. Um, I fell asleep before it was, uh, it was like 26, 16 or something. But then I saw that the Jets had actually come back and were leading 28-26. There's a penalty on Quentin Williams. Yeah, yeah. Like, like stuff actually happened. And it's like at least they showed a little bit of fight. But did you see? I bet the Jets collectively were holding their breath when Darnold went down, man. I could have swore. You heard Troy Aikman yeah. in the booth saying, Oh, man, I've broken my collarbone before and been concussed 80 times. And yeah. I know what it feels like. It's like, yeah. It lo- I mean, that guy whipped him down. Yeah, and he fell right on that shoulder. Yeah, and he, he it almost looked like he had his arm held down and fell on it. But, yeah. Um, Listen, Atlanta's not doing anything. There's so many better teams in that conference. I yeah, mean, they're, let's, they're, they're uh, just, let's let's move on. They're just they're just bad. Sure. Can, the, can the Bears challenge the Packers? No. Okay. No chance. We'll get to the Packers later. No chance. Uh, next game that was crazy: Bills Rams. <sighs> Ugh. One of my best bets. Well, parlay. Okay. <laughs> one one of the two still gets you a loss in the, at the ticket. Yeah. What do you have on this game? I mean, my God, I you know everything that I talked about and said in the pod at the beginning of the week was happening in the first half. I said I thought it was going to be uh, a lot of the ground and pound, low, low scoring. The Buffalo's defense was going to give Jared Goff fits, and they were going to get out to uh, a lead. And I'm sitting there at halftime thinking, all right, you know, I was right. And then the second half happens, and I don't know what they gave Jared Goff in his water bottle, but my <laughs> God, that guy comes out, and he's slinging. Even in the second half. Seven plays, 27 yards on their first drive on downs, L.A. And then Buffalo comes and scores a touchdown, 28-3. So you're thinking, what's the problem? Yeah, red zone's going to something they else. They must have yeah. been plus 1,400 to come back and win the, uh, the Rams at that point. But then all of a sudden, 
Jared Goff wakes up, and the next three next three possessions, touchdown, 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 touchdown. And then the Bills miraculously got a touchdown towards the end. And then was that a pass interference call? I mean, the, the, that, was, that was a benefit. The Bills were a benefit of a, of a favorable call there, 100%. They did get that third and 22 to uh, Cole Beasley. Yeah. Or third no, and yeah. 17. I mean, listen, it was, they had it some, was third and crazy. They had some good drives coming down the stretch, but I was impressed uh, with, with, with Goff. I feel like Goff's got to clear out some of the clutter in his head and just get back to when he was you know, going to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. and you know, Just listen to Sean McVay in his helmet and do yes, what he says. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's why they hired him. So, I mean, all in all, Goff had a nice day. 321, two touchdowns, uh, you know, only one pick. He was completing about uh, 65% of his passes. So you can't fault him for it. I don't know what happened to Buffalo's D. I don't know if they just thought that they were so ahead that they didn't have to do anything. I guess but so. apparently they, they, they need to figure it out because they got outscored in the second half 29-14. Uh, to 14. So... But unlike the anyway, Falcons, they did come back yeah. and win. So, I mean, kudos I, to the I Bills. Guess, I, I guess you give them some credit. I don't know. Do you give them credit for going up big? Do you give them credit for coming back? Do you take away credit for yeah. having to blow the I mean, lead? I, I, think, mean, I think Stephon Diggs was a nice addition to that team. And I think that him and Allen have found some, uh, you know, some um, chemistry. Chemistry. Yes, I was trying to find the C word. I couldn't think of it. Um, don't say the C word. This is a child friendly program. <laughs> um, then why is there an explicit next to us? Because sometimes you slip an F-bomb. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think the Bills' defense is good. I did pick that for my fantasy team. And uh, I don't know what happened. They just, they just had a mental breakdown. I think the Rams were so high-powered at that point that they were trying to you know, get down and score because they knew they had to score, so they were opening up the playbook a little bit, and everything just seemed to be working out. So Yeah, and you play prevent defense. And right. The Kudos to the Bills for actually holding it together, uh, mostly Josh Allen for scoring. The, you know, that yeah, I think both of these teams uh, are a little bit better than I thought they were, and I think we'll see them Again. both in the playoffs. I'm just concerned that the Rams are pretty thin it's hard because to they really pay determine. their star players too much. You know, there's a lot of teams right now that have good records, but then if you look at the teams that they've beaten, they all have shit records. You know, like, yeah, we'll talk about that. I like to do like, uh, I know we did it last year, like our quarter poll updates. Yeah. You're so right. af- after week four, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at the playoff picture yeah, exactly. a little bit more and, and we'll kind of see where everyone, where everyone's trending. And like, like, think about like, it. Like perfect example, like the Bills haven't played the Patriots yet, right? They got to no. play them twice. So, I mean, that's what's going to decide the AFC East and you know, the Rams haven't really played anyone in their division. They yeah. played the NFC least and the Bills. So. And then you got Houston who's 0-3, but they already lost to the Chiefs and the Ravens who are by far. And the Steelers who yeah. are actually in and first the, place. And the Steelers. And 3-0. Yes, and the Steelers who are 3-0. So it's like, yeah. you know, I sometimes, I mean, listen, if, if Houston rolls off uh, three out of the next four wins and they're 3-4, and four, you know, we'll, we'll look at them a little differently. But it's also who you've beaten. Right. I mean, go ahead. No, I don't. I don't have anything more on this game. I thought it was an entertaining game. I think both of these teams are, like I said, are good. Yeah, and we'll, we'll hear from them in January. All right, all right. The Dubs. Let's let's get to the rest of the games. Yeah, <laughs> Dubs Browns. So I'd Washington's best bet. They were up twenty to seventeen after three quarters, but like everyone else in the league, they can't play with a lead, and they lose to the Browns thirty-four twenty. Yeah, you know what? I feel like Washington's shown some glimmers of light. You know, to be all in all seriousness, they're the second best team in the NFC East. Forget records, just right. I mean, you've seen the Cowboys. No, the Cowboys, exactly by records. Yeah, exactly. But you see the Cowboys; they're one of those teams. It's like the Cowboys are like light switch on, light switch off. One week they're outstanding, and one week they're like, yeah. You know, Washington just seems to be playing hard every each and every time. They got some players. Uh, you know, Cleveland was just at home, and you know that that game was probably just more evenly matched than we thought. Yeah, Haskins hadn't turned the ball over, and then in the fourth quarter, Cleveland scored a touchdown. He threw a pick. Cleveland scored a touchdown. He fumbled. 
Washington recovered it. Then he fumbled two plays later, and they didn't recover it. Yeah. Then Cleveland kicked the field goal. And then Cody and then, Parkey, yeah. And then Washington had the ball with a buck ten left with no timeouts. I'm like, all right, maybe we'll get a back to recovery here. <laughs> nope, they ran the ball twice, so screw you, Washington. I actually completely disagree with you. I think that I was uh, hypnotized a little bit by Washington looking good against Philly, which now, after a three-week sample size, I don't think the win against Philly is all that impressive, and I think Washington is... What we thought they were, and, and not great. I mean, the NFC East was 0-3-1 this week, All right, what do you so make? they are atrocious. Fine so, fine, so what do you make of Cleveland, then? They got blow, They got their doors blown off week one uh, against the Ravens, 38-6, and then they barely beat a Bengals team who has yet to win by five, and then they wiped the floor with Washington, who beat a crappy Philly team. So what do we think about them? See, that's the thing. It's like, you're looking at them at I was going to say, I want to take one more week sample size. Right. And I think I said this last week. I feel like the league is very top-heavy, bottom-heavy, right? There's right. a lot of 3-0 and o teams, a lot of 0-3 teams. I think the Browns fit that mold of someone that's in the middle. Let me ask you this. Browns are 2-1. and one, Texans are 0-3. Those two play each other. Neutral field. Who wins? I would say those teams are pretty even, but I, I, I give a... Even though one is 2-1 and one and one is 0-3, oh it's all dependent on who you I'd give a played. slight edge to the Browns. Really? So you think neutral field Browns are minus two? Yeah, sure. Okay. I think the Browns play to a formula of running the ball, and when they can do that, they're successful. Okay, fair. Nothing else Anything for me else? on that game, no. All right. Speaking of the NFC East, let's go to the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure we spent the whole podcast on this last year. How do we fix ties? And my suggestion is still, whoever scores first wins. Yeah. Sorry. This isn't everyone gets a trophy. This isn't everyone gets a try. You have a defense. You're paying the millions of dollars. Or do college football rules. All right. I hate ties. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. They had this conversation on ESPN that morning, and Greeny's like, "It's better to tie than to lose." And the other two guys who were actual players in the league, Ryan Clark and I think it or actually Rex Ryan wasn't a player, but a coach. And he's like, "Ties are like just as bad as losses. You play to win. You should try to go in there and you should try to win." Did you see the Eagles lined up for a fifty-four yard field 59. goal? Fifty-nine. Oh, yeah, it was 59-yard field goal, and then they had the five-yard penalty, and then it became 64. And what did they do? They punted. That was basically the Eagles just taking off their headsets and their helmets and saying, you know what? There's not enough time yeah, left. Couldn't, We're couldn't giving the Eagle, up. Couldn't the Eagles throw a helmet? Try a 64. The guy, I mean, the freaking kicker beat us two years ago at a 60-plus-yard field goal. Like, you're at home. Or, Granted, there's nobody there. Or th- but kick it. Or throw a Hail Mary. And if you don't complete, let the Bengals yeah. throw a Hail Mary. Maybe, that, maybe that's to be the overtime rule. Take the ball from the, the other team's 40. No. <laughs> and you keep throwing Hail Marys until someone catches it. I mean, it. listen. So the reason that they... That's a great idea. I like it. The reason that they let each team have it is because the coin choice is arbitrary and it's really not fair. It's all odds. It's all luck. It's all whatever. Yeah, so I feel do, like... So then do college football. You know football. what I feel like they should do maybe? Maybe let the road team have the ball first. You know, you're home. Let the well, road then what's team. the point of home field advantage? That's like home field disadvantage. This is like baseball when you get the All right, then, then fine. Then, then, then give it to the – I mean, look, they do the coin toss because it's, it, it could go either way. But the fact that they only give them 10 minutes yeah. and the fact that if somebody kicks a field goal, they still play the game, like, come on. At least if they – yeah, I mean, it gets into a hairy situation. At least if you kick a field goal, there's points. But if the other team comes down and kicks a field goal, now we've wasted almost the entire overtime and we're back at square one with probably I actually three, three minutes left. Two, two things. One, I actually love overtime in college football because each team, you know, there are no ties and it's, it's really right. fun. Now, let me ask you this because I don't know the answer to this and maybe you do. 
in the college football playoffs, those four teams that get in, are they doing the same format for overtime, or do they play an actual game? No, no, no. I think it's the same. I don't. You don't think they divert from the from the regular season formula? Okay. I have no problem with the NFL doing that too. I don't know why they don't. You know, it's kind of like the NHL. So in overtime during the regular season, right. they're playing three on three, and there's all these like you know. I mean, there's usually guaranteed, and then after that, they do shootouts. The NHL is like no more ties. They, they, Which I is mean, funny because hockey always had the win loss tie. Yes, I know. And the standings. Yes, they had no. They had wins, loss, ties, and then they had wins. In well, I'm overtime. talking like going back. Yeah, yeah. They, no. There was always a. It wasn't just wins and losses in hockey until yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. exactly. Um, so I don't understand why the NFL is just so anti figuring out who is the better team on any given day. Yeah, I mean, do it the way the colleges do. They're exciting. They run the scores up. I mean, you're almost guaranteed the over in college football if it goes to overtime, unless you know one team just completely doesn't score at all. Yeah, I think you should do the coin flip. Sorry, it is what it is. And first team to score wins. Right. And but I think you should get the ball on your own twenty instead of the twenty five or fifteen or something. Which is to what make they it, used to do. To make it a little bit more advantageous to the team that has to play defense. Twenty five twenty, you think that's gonna make a hell of a difference? I mean if you if you're stuck, That five yards made a difference in the Eagles line up a field goal or not. You see that guy on the bench, he was like so mad he had his head down, he was like it looked like he was going to cry. It's like, dude, it's week three. You've already 0-2. Like, this wasn't the Super Bowl. The Bengals bro. are now... You're still going to get your big-ass check this fun, week. Don't fun, worry. Fun, uh, fun gambling stats. The Bengals are now 14-0 lifetime against the spread versus Philly. H- how is that possible? Mark it down, ladies and gentlemen. Been. I don't so know when four, they're playing Four again. years from now when they play again... <laughs> We're Bengals hammering the Bengals. We're hammering. Joe Burrow will probably be... Well, by then, Wentz will be out of the league. Joe Burrow will be a perennial... Wentz will be out of the league. <laughs> he might be out of the league after this year with the way he's playing. Another fun fact in this game. So the over-under was 46.5, and, and obviously the game went into overtime 23-23. <laughs> so anyone that had the over was like, oh, perfect, overtime. Well, you all lost. <laughs> yep, yep. Myself included, but I had it in a parlay with the Eagles. I, I knew I already lost. Anyway, anything else in this game? No, I mean, I think... No the, more ties. No, no more, more ties. No more ties. Uh, all right, let's pick it up. Titans Vikings. Uh, Anything? I mean, the Vikings were leading that game a lot. Another for team a that long can't play time. from ahead. Yeah, seriously, I don't know what happened there. That's what I'm saying, man. This week, I'm just going to live bet every team that's down 20 <laughs> points, and I'm going to I'm going to have a new house next week. Oh man, yeah. the Vikings were the first team to have 175 rusher and receiver ever in NFL history, and it, they still lost. <laughs> really. Yeah. I did pick up Justin Jefferson. He looks good in the same colors. He went to LSU. How about that? Yep. And uh, Goskowski, who couldn't make a kick to save his life in week one, had six field goals in this game, three <laughs> of them over 50 yards, including the game winner. Mm-hmm. So the moral is always, don't trust kickers. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? The guy's in out, like mile high Denver where everyone makes everything and you can make it from like, you know, yeah. the other team's 40. And now... He comes in and makes six, including three over 50 yards in a game winner. B- Bill uh, Belichick sends all his recycled players to people who used to work with him. He gets, they all go to the Lions or yeah. the Titans. <laughs> yeah, and Tennessee's 3-0, but 0-3 against the spread. So I don't know what to make of them, but they're not playing this week. We'll get to yeah. that, we'll get to that a little Seriously. bit later. All right, speaking of Bill Belichick, Pats Raiders. I just feel like this was classic, classic <laughs> Patriots <laughs> where it's like the Raiders are like, yeah, we're 2-0, and we won at home, we beat the Saints, and the Patriots are like, that's cute, that's come to New England, we're going to whoop your ass. Yeah, but I mean, at halftime, it was uh, relatively close, it was 10-13, 13 excuse me, I'm reading it the other way. Um, so. I, I never felt like the game was 
in the Raiders control. And, you know, Mike Lombardi, who uh, has a podcast that I like to listen to, talks about teams that are 25-minute defenses, mm-hmm. meaning your team sucks, so you have to keep them off the field, you know, what the Giants can't do. Yeah. And he said the Raiders had a 25-minute defense. And, well, guess the many minutes of defense they played this week? 35. And they got gashed. When they beat New Orleans, guess the many minutes of defense they played? 24. Mm-hmm. So the Raiders are the team that has to control the ball and protect their defense. Yeah. And obviously they didn't do that this week. But The Raiders scored three points in the entire second half until two minutes left where they scored a garbage touchdown when they were down 36-13. So... Yeah, um, a garbage touchdown, not even close to cover the spread. You, st- you still needed another garbage touchdown and then some other score, because I think it was six and a half. Yeah, I'm looking at it at seven, but yeah, either yeah. way. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, I think Cam has looked good. I think he's playing on a severely uh, underpaid contract right now. I think he's only making like a million this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he got an extension. No, of course not. Maybe a little bit later in the year, yeah, bigger course. sample size. Right. Exactly, because they still need to see. Maybe we'll see what happens this weekend when they uh, pony up against, um, is it the Chiefs? It is the Chiefs. Who, the Raiders? No. Oh, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that should be fun. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I still think uh, the, Patri- the Patriots have a, have a great system. Cam's fitting into that system. Oh, yeah, Cam is definitely playing Seriously, by the I mean, listen, I, I, I know you want to wrap this segment up, but let's think about this <laughs> just for one more minute, okay? The Patriots took Cam Newton, who was on the Panthers, who had, what, three wins in his last two years or something because he was injured and everything, and they throw him into New England. Edelman, who was Tom Brady's boy for seven, eight years, has his best game of the season the week before, okay? Cam's defense sucks, but go ahead. Cam's bigger. He's got a stronger arm than Tom by now, without a doubt. I think he's probably had a stronger arm throughout the – give me Tom at 28. He still has a stronger arm than him, okay? Right. Cam's actually really been Nobody accurate. in the NFL wanted him. Nobody wanted him. Bill was like, we'll take him. He brings him up here. The guy's going berserk. He almost beat the freaking uh, Seahawks in Seattle, which, you know, despite the fact there's no fans there, is usually hard to do. I'm telling you, Kev, Matt Castle won 11 games. System, system, system. I will counter with this. We have a short-term memory on these things. 2018, look at the first eight games that Cam Newton played. Team was 6-2. and two. He was having... A comparable, if not better, season than his 2015 MVP campaign. Got hurt, missed the last eight games, came back 2019, played the first two games, still hurt, lost, missed the last 14. So you're missing 20 out of 32 games, including 20 out of the last 22. So it's kind of hard to judge Cam on okay. the scale. So is he finally healthy now? Sure looks it, doesn't he? He sure as shit does. So there's our E. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll see what the Patriots continue to do. But, yeah, of course they have a great system. All right. Next. That's why, that's why guys take minimal contracts to go play there. Yep, yep. Texans-Steelers. I thought the, I thought the Texans look good. They're God, up, one of my best bets of the Dan, week. Dan, you should have cashed out at halftime when they were up 21-17. Oh, my God. Well, me and FanDuel had a, a little problem with depositing funds uh, that I don't really want to get into. Let, so there was no money lost or won on this weekend. Let me tell you the Texans' second-half stats. <laughs> <laughs> Please do, because... So they were up 21-17 at half. The final score was 28-21. So obviously they scored zero points. In the second half, the Texans ran 17 plays for 41 yards... Three punts and a pick. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. The Texans could be the best 0-3 team in the league. I mean, think about the teams that they've played. We'll see. They're 8-1. and one. And the only reason they're 8-1 and one is because, because one, of the team, <laughs> one, of the, one of the teams that beat them got beat by the other team. Kansas City beat Baltimore. Yeah, so, so we'll see how the Texans look this week against right. the other 
How about I mean I know I know that I know that we were doing this Friday morning and the Jets played last night and lost again. But let's talk about the week before. I do recall. And I'm not going to look yet. The Jets were winning seven nothing. Am I wrong? You're wrong. I am wrong. But Sa- it, Sam Darnold threw a touchdown pass. It was just to the Colts. Yes. Yes. Okay. But it was tied seven seven after one. Okay. So from that point on, the Colts scored twenty nine unanswered points. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this. Did we really talk about the Jets again? They're, no. They make the Giants look respectable, Ugh. and I think Adam Gase needs to go. Still zero wins out of MetLife Stadium. What are your thoughts on the Colts, real quick? They're three. They played three lousy teams. They played the Vikings, the Jags, and now the Colts. I'm sorry, but they're the Colts, the, the Jets. Jets, and they're two two and one. Yeah. Uh, sample size is too small. I mean. Again, going off of the Chargers, or is it Phillip? Because last year they sucked. I yeah. mean, Phillip, Phillip was a turnover machine, and in this game, he didn't throw any. He had a he very. He probably didn't have to throw. They're up 7 nothing before had, he sat down on the couch. <laughs> he had a very good completion percentage, but he only passed for 217 yards, and he had one touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, it was just crap. Come on, give me the break. Give me a break. Speaking of the Chargers, let's oh. just get to the next game. Panthers-Chargers. So maybe it's not Philip, maybe it's Anthony Lynn, but this was the most chargery game ever, and I'm making that a new term. <laughs> they would have won. They outgained the Panthers 436 to 302, but had four turnovers to the Panthers zero. And just when you think they had a chance to pull the game out of their ass, they can't execute a hook and ladder, which was there for the taking. And Eckler was on my fantasy team. If he catches that, that's another six. Agreed. It, 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 Agreed. They, I mean, they showed the replay from, like, the quarterback view, and the left side of the field was wide open. It would have walked into the end zone and won the 100%. game. 100%. And it was a well-executed play, but, you know, when you're going real time and you got guys going one way or the other, yeah, Keenan Allen threw it a little behind Eckler, you know. But the fact that, the fact that it had to actually come down to that, I feel like, I feel like the Chargers – I feel like it is Anthony Lynn because the Chargers have – Eckler's a quality running back. Keenan Allen's a top 10 receiver. Hunter Henry's a top 7 tight end. Yeah. Their defense, they got Melvin Ingram. They got the other Bosa. I'm sorry, not the other Bosa. Joey was in the league first, but not Nick, who's out for the year. They got players. They got Who's the guy on, uh, from Florida State in the secondary that you always liked? And Derwin James. Derwin James. He's okay. out. But he's still, he's still on the team. It's got to be Anthony Lynn. We they're, thought it they're was. Just, they're just sloppy. I know. But well, I mean, listen, you got a rookie quarterback. Yes, he threw an interception. Uh, you said four turnovers. Was there fumbles? Was there sack fumbles? Yeah. I mean, these are. Ro- He's only played two games. He's played. T- he had 330 yards passing. And his completion percentage was roughly uh, 60%. But he's only played two games. It's like, what did you expect? Listen, and he's he going to get benched when Tyrod Taylor comes He was back. supposed to sit on the bench all year and watch Tyrod Taylor play. And then the medical staff made sure that that wasn't going to fucking happen. I don't understand how, how a there's doctor... Another, there's another reason we have an E. So listen, if you're a doctor, right, you usually go to school. You got to get, uh, you, you know, you got to go through a little bit of uh, working under somebody else. When you get to be the team doctor for an NFL franchise, you wouldn't figure that these type of mistakes don't happen. So anyway, Herbert gets in. He's a rookie. He's played two games. Give him a break. I, 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 I say there's an upside for him. I think Anthony Lynn's time is numbered. Fair. Thank you. I but, thought all day about that. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it to the, to the pod today. Uh, Bucks broncos I, I still think I mean, the Bucks are a little choppy on, on offense, and they've beaten up on what I think are bad teams in the past two weeks with the Panthers and the Broncos. Yet they uh, lost to like, the Saints. Yeah. Who are but, one and two. But I, I like the Bucks defense. And yeah. oh. once, once their offense gets in sync, you know the Bucks, I like them more than I thought, that, thought I would, like overall as a team. You know the Bucks defense is like 
second in the yeah, league. They're, yeah, they're, they're good. And they were good last year before they revamped the, yeah, I mean, the entire the, offense. The Saints score could be a little misleading because Brady threw a pick six, and uh, he also threw another pick, which put the defense, obviously, in a bad situation. Yeah. So, you know, once again, we need a bigger sample size, and as we mentioned, the Broncos got their first win last night. Good for them. They're not going anywhere. I'm going to say the next game was the shocker of the weekend, at least for me. I What's mean, Lions Cardinals. Yes, considering that the Lions had no wins whatsoever, and they had completely absconded that lead that they had in Week One uh, at home against the division rival in the Bears, and then the Packers just lit them up. I mean, we can kind of expect that that's going to happen. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Yeah, but I mean, Kyler, Kyler, threw Kyler, Kyler came back down to earth. Yeah, he didn't have the greatest day. You know, three turnovers is obviously going to hurt you. Um, Stafford drove him down at the end, kicked the field goal. Yeah. Good night, everyone. It, yep. Stafford's always been pretty good at, you know, fourth quarter comebacks. Obviously, the Lions have a lot of close games. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't like the Cardinals as much as I thought. Maybe I got a little overhyped on them, or maybe this was just a hiccup and a bad game. We'll see how they yeah, bounce no, back no. this week against Carolina, I who think... is another team that's not great. So if the Cardinals lose again this week, I'll be a little more standoffish on them if they win and go to 3-1, and one, then, you know, no one goes undefeated. So I'll, I'll say this. I think Detroit played a little better than they usually do, and I'll say that Arizona played a little worse than they usually do. Yeah, I mean, Detroit is obviously a desperate team at 0-2 as well. So. Yeah, I say I say you play uh, 10 more games against those two teams, neutral field or 5-5. Five and five. I say that the Arizona wins at least seven of them. Yeah. But, again, you know, any given Sunday, right? Yep. Any given Sunday. And let's get into what I thought the game of the day was, Cowboys-Seahawks. Yeah, 100%. So, Russell, Russell Wilson gush fest. Ready, go. Dude, <laughs> the guy has 15 touchdowns, I think it is, or 14. He's got 14 touchdowns through three games. Just rough math, that's almost five a game. He got 5-4-5, five, five, okay? Hang on, let me get my abacus. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the dude, now, now he got outpassed by Dak, who's throwing the ball 57 times yeah. for 472 yards all over the place. Meanwhile, Zeke, who's supposed to be the number one running back in the league, had uh, 14 carries, 34 yards. That doesn't seem like it much more than two yards to carry. Well, anyway. they were down big, and then they had to throw to get back in it. And okay. plus, their offensive line's a little dinged up. Seattle Seahawks. Not that I'm backing the Cowboys. I'm just Seattle Seahawks are eight and eight without Russell Wilson all day long, which is exact. Oh, you mean, you mean that's what they would be if he? Just yeah, played. I thought which, you meant that was the record. With, I'm which, like, when would he, without, when he... which is the exact definition of the meeting MVP. You I take thought, the best player away from the team, what does the team look like without him? I was going to say, when did Russell Wilson miss 16 games? But you're just saying that no. if he wasn't on the team, no, 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 they no, wouldn't no. be better than 8-8. Eight eight. So, yes. I agree. Dallas comes down, kicks a field goal. That's cute. Then they got a touchdown and a safety. Then they tied it after the after one. Um, it's 9-9. Nine, nine. Um, How about DK Metcalf? Oh, my God. DK. Deshaun Jackson did this. A couple of guys in college do this. It's like, bro, you are a beast. You are a huge, huge dude. Why are you walking around holding that thing like a loaf of bread? Didn't you see uh, Don Beebe knock it out of that guy Leon Let's hands in the freaking Super Bowl? Like, dude, he probably wasn't hold even, the ball. You want dude, to gloat? He, he, you he want to pro- showboat? Get in the paint first. He probably wasn't even born when Don Beebe oh did that. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter. But seriously, get in the end zone, bro. Yeah, I thought Dak had a... Uh, this game was so entertaining, and obviously I was rooting against the Cowboys, so... Of course. Good news there, but Dak had that great play at the end of the game where he, like, rolled out and avoided a sack and threw it to the end zone. I'm like, holy shit, he's going to do it again. They're going to they're gonna go to overtime, but he threw a pick to end the game, so I was uh, happy to see that, but 
very entertaining game. Russell Wilson is must-watch TV, and the Cowboys continue to throw up a bunch yeah. of yards and stats and lose games. After a minute into the third quarter, it's 30-15. I kind of started to rest a little bit like, all right, this is going okay. Then, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. The Cowboys are leading 31-30, and I'm thinking, Jesus, come on, guys. You're at home. Yeah. You're easily the better well, – actually, I wouldn't say you're the better team. Personnel-wise – Russ is better than Dak. I'm not even going to argue with you about that. Zeke's You're not def- going to get an argument. Zeke's definitely the better running back. Uh, I mean, I feel like the Cowboys, Amari Cooper's good, but they got Gallup. They got, uh, who's the other guy, number 10? CeeDee Lamb? No. Let's, they got CeeDee Lamb. Is he number 10? I don't know. They got Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup. No, there's another guy too, but anyway. Um, sure. They just had a lot of, uh, yeah, they had this guy named Wilson. Russell? No. Kevin. Work with me here. Cedric Wilson, number 11. Excuse me. Cedric Wilson had... He's probably undrafted in all your fantasy He had 107 yards and two touchdowns. Okay, so it's not just him. CeeDee Lamb, you know, 5 for 65. All good. But, I mean, Dak was just spreading the ball all over the place. Um, Yes, is Amari Cooper the best? And should CeeDee Lamb probably be the number two? Yeah, but Gallup and Wilson led the the team in receptions that day. Um, Mike McCarthy just... I don't know. He just looks like he's like a Pillsbury, Pillsbury Doughboy statue. Just kind of stands there. He shows no emotion, and it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell because he's wearing the mask. But it's like he did the same thing in Green Bay. It's strange because McCarthy's strength is calling plays, and yet Kellen Moore's still calling the plays, which is putting up stats but not wins. So I don't know. I don't care. Let the Cowboys be dysfunctional. <laughs> we the, love that here in New Jersey. Since, since the start of last year, the Cowboys are nine and ten. They're the most like overhyped team. Dude, I was listening. And, to- uh, four of those wins are against the yeah. Giants and Redskins. So I, I was I heard another um, outfit talking about how the reason that the Cowboys are just con- con- consistently mediocre is because Jerry Jones will not have what happened in the '90s. He will not bring somebody who's a more bigger personality right. or a stronger football mind like Jimmy Johnson, like Barry Switzer, to come in and do that. So since he's made his son, and I can't remember what his son's name Steven. is. Steven. Steven, he's the general manager. Jerry's the everything. I was going to say VP, owner, Max football Kellerman. operations. Max Kellerman was talking about this in ESPN. He's like, he's a more than competent football mind, but he's, he's average. What are the Cowboys every year, Kev? They're nine and seven or eight and eight. Every freaking year, that's what they are. Every once in a while, they'll have a twelve and four or thirteen and three. And then the next year they'll have a four and twelve or not. It all evens out. If you look at the Cowboys record over the last ten years, I would say it's within five games of five hundred, one way or the other. Because that's what they are, because the Joneses are not going to relinquish power and control of the team until Jerry dies. And even after Jerry dies and Steven's there, uh, you know, is Steven going to come in and do that? I don't know. I feel like they want to do it for themselves and they want to do it based on the picks that they have. And they have absolutely outstanding players. But, you know, you you question. They got the coaches that, you, you know, it's, it's just like the guys that are going to come in. I feel like Jerry and Steven come down and they tap McCarthy on the back and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do this weekend, right? Yes, yes, Jerry. Yes, Steven. Okay, cool. And they go on. That's what happens. It's like, it, you know, the, the Cowboys head coaches are like figureheads for the Joneses. So, look, I love it. Keep Jerry there another 20 years. Let him go mediocre. At least the Giants will win the division once every, you know, couple of years. Not this year. No, not this year is right. All right. And the last game of the week, since we already touched on the Monday night game, Packers-Saints. Dan, your other boy, Aaron Rodgers, Gush Fest. Ready, go. Dude. I mean, listen, you sit here and you talk about gush fests. <laughs> yes, do they have bad games here and there? Of course. But Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are probably the two best quarterbacks 
except for maybe Mahomes, top three in the league. I mean, Mah- I mean, Mahomes has been doing it a couple of years, sure. Drew Brees passed his prime. Tom, yeah, I mean, they've put enough uh, people around him over the last few years to uh, to make it um, respectable and uh, make his stats look a little bit inflated, I think. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, goes on the road. I mean, he kept the throws he makes. You, could, you were watching this game, right? Of course. He's running. I mean, besides, I would say he, him and Patrick Mahomes are the two quarterbacks who can run to the opposite side or even to their strong side and make a throw like on the sideline that's like spot on. And Aaron just flicks it. And it's there. It's like it's like a fastball. I said it after week one. I said Aaron's back, and I love it. Unbelievable. So yeah, I mean, and they did it without Devonte Adams, who did not play. Granted, Michael Thomas didn't play for the Saints, so it was more or less a fair matchup. But Lazard, I mean, you know, guy, Kamar- yeah, Lazard, like out of nowhere, had some surgery, and now he's out for like six to eight weeks on his core. I was really? like, yeah, I got an alert. He's on my fantasy team. It's like. He's been well, dropped by 30,000 no, like, people in your league. Lazard changed from healthy to out. I'm like, healthy to questionable or healthy to out? Yeah, and is that, that like, supposed to be a Q? Yeah, and he had a core. I don't, I don't know. This is the first I heard of it. He had a core injury. The capacity in the Superdome, uh, 73,000. The attendance, 748. I guess they were allowing family and friends, maybe. Yeah, socially <laughs> distanced. Anyway, um, I think the Packers are still the team to beat in the NFC North. I think that uh, the Not sa- the Bears? No. Come on. Come back to earth. Mitchie and Nick, come on. Mitchie. Um, I still think that uh, the Saints have a good enough offense to do it. I think that I think that the fact that Michael Thomas being out really throws Drew Brees off. Because, I mean, my God, Michael Thomas had, what, 180 receptions last year or something? He was always Drew's security blanket. He's a big target. He's a strong player. And since he was out for basically the first two and a half games... Um, you know, he's had to rely. Kamara's been the leading receiver for the last two. You know what that means, right? He's throwing dump-off passes or short passes, and Kamara's that's, just doing what Kamara does. But they show some stats, and that's what he always does. I love Kamara. That guy, you, you see his grill? He's got more diamonds in his mouth than, uh, you know, a Zales jewelry store. <laughs> it's so fun. And he's such, like, a happy-go-lucky dude, too. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Pack, team to beat. I'm upset that Pack don't play the uh, Seahawks this year. Well, maybe they will in the playoffs. No, they did last year. All right, so that wraps up week numero trace. Anything else, Kev? No, I can't possibly get any more superlatives in on Aaron Rodgers after you talk about him, so uh, we'll keep it moving. Okay. So on to week four. We have our first game canceled due to COVID. Mm. Hopefully our last game, but I'm curious to see how they're going to make this game up because I don't think they put like a week 18, like, buffer and i don't think these teams have the same bye week so no i i, I, I did heard. see i did see that they were going to try to move the game to week seven and then they were going to push uh i think the steelers are playing baltimore week seven i think they're going to try to push steelers baltimore to week eight um i don't know how that's all going to work as far as bye weeks go we'll let the nfl figure that out but uh, i did see a headline on espn that they were talking about that's the way it was going to go yeah okay interesting so we shall see we shall you want to get into best bets? Kev, what do you think about the Giants' chances in L.A. this weekend? Minus 13. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that. Yeah. I doubt, I doubt they're going to show up on either of our best bets, but I could be wrong. Just so all you listeners know, Kevin and I do not discuss our picks prior to the pod, so we keep it surprising not only for you but also for us. So with that being said, Kev, why don't you kick us off? It's time for 3 and P. <laughs> our three favorite picks of the week followed by a parlay. 
Dan and I are both at a whopping four and five this year with one and two on the parlay column. So this is our week. Hey, listen, I'm excited. Dan guaranteed three and zero last week. He was so close. The Texans. They shit the bed. You you read the stat line. 17 plays, 41 yards. I mean, what do they what do they expect me to do with that? I had the game plan going in the first week. They played two great opponents. The Steelers are a little better than we thought they were. And Houston just forgot that the football is a 60-minute game. So sorry guys. Two and one still respectable, though. It's two and one, you still make money. So let's get into this week's games. I'm starting. You do it, bud. I'm taking the mustache and the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three. Are you now? Yes. I don't think Cincinnati should be laying points, whether they're at home, on the road, or at a neutral site. And the Jags are frisky. They're they're better than I think we all thought. Obviously, the tank conversation was all about, uh, was everywhere before week one. And they could easily be two and one. They obviously beat the Colts. They gave the Titans a tough game. And then they got their doors blown off by Miami. But now they have extra rest since the Miami game was on Thursday. And... I, I like the Jags getting three points. The Bengals, I mean, what have they done? <laughs> okay. They lost to the Chargers, they lost to the Browns, and they tied the Eagles, who are just as bad as everyone else in the NFC East. So I'm not impressed by them. Give me the Jags and the points. Okay. My first bet of the weekend, I'm taking... The Dallas Cowboys, minus oh four my and a God. half. Minus four and a half. What? Go ahead. Okay. After we just ripped on Dallas, how they're so mediocre and they... Okay, they're playing the Browns, and they're playing them at home in Dallas. Although, in you know, which may work out well for you since it seems like you want me to lose, Dallas is 0-3 against the spread. So... Um, okay, I like that. Okay, so th- think about this. Dallas... Uh, came back at home against the Falcons in crazy fashion. Falcons suck, okay? Then they go on the road. <laughs> we detailed that. Then they go on the road and they play against uh, Seattle, who is a quality opponent on the road far away, and they almost came back and won. Dak threw it all over the place. Are, we, are you going to sit here and tell me that it's going to be a more difficult uh, task to move the ball on Cleveland's defense than it is to move it on Seattle's on the road? No, no. I think the, the Cleveland win last week was an outlier, Considering the fact that they were playing Washington, I mean Cleveland has played Washington and the Bang- and the Bengals, and they've both won. Okay, I think Dallas is the better team, despite the fact that I do not like them. Um, and I think that the Dak is going to have himself a day. I think the defense is going to play, and I think they're going to uh, hold the opponent um, under twenty points. And I think Dallas uh, rolls easily. I'm going to say thirty twenty. So give me Dallas and minus four and a half. Okay, back to me. Yes, with bet number two. I'm taking the Patriots. Are you now? I am. Patriots plus seven in Kansas City. This is just... Boy, oh boy. This is just a spot. Uh, okay. Belichick's 44 and 20 against the spread as an underdog. Okay. I like those numbers. Chiefs are on a short week. Had a big emotional win against the Ravens, obviously, on the road. And, you know, the... Patriots always give the Chiefs fits. They what? You look like you want to say something. No, go ahead. They'll play keep away. They'll double team Tyreek Hill. They'll make sure that everything is a slow and methodical drive, not a big explosive play. Uh, the strength of the Patriots team, besides obviously the head coach, is their secondary. So I like the Patriots getting the seven points. 
obviously they kept it close in the AFC title game two years ago and won. And last year, uh, they won, I think, by a touchdown. I'm looking it up right now. Yes, it was 23-16. Uh, the Patriots lost, and I believe there was a pass to the end zone at the end of the game. So although the Chiefs are great, I still like the Patriots. I still like getting seven points. I still like Bill Belichick. So give me the Patriots plus seven. Completely disagree, and this is my second best bet. I am all over. Oh. Why, because they have fans? I don't give a shit if they got fans. I don't care if it's played in the parking lot. As long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, the other team is in trouble. I would say you're betting with your head instead of your heart. Okay. Or your heart instead of your head, okay. but you just took Dallas, so. so. Yeah, absolutely not. So think about this. <laughs> Who is a better team? Baltimore or New England? Okay, while you're thinking about that. Probably Baltimore. Cool. And what did the what did New uh, uh, Kansas City just do on the road in prime time against a team who was favored by three and a half? They won by two touchdowns. Now you got Kansas City coming home. Granted, there's no fans. They still don't have to do the travel. They're playing against New England, and this isn't the Tom Brady led team. This is Cam. Okay, sample size is what small. New dynamic. New dynamic. We haven't seen what is going to happen. With the Patriots under Cam yet. Is the defense still there? Yeah. Is Belichick still going to try to throw some game plans at him? Yeah. But is anybody ready for Patrick Mahomes? No. I mean, I think... Chargers were. They got... That's a division game, and they just thought they were going to roll over him. Plus, they weren't anticipating Herbert playing. So, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. This is my segment, and let me tell you why they're not winning. What position does Herbert play on defense? Doesn't matter. Okay. Just, Just checking. It doesn't matter. The Chiefs are just so much deeper with talent. So much. I mean, quarterback, Chiefs. Running back, Chiefs. Tight end, Chiefs. Wide receivers, Are we playing football or Chiefs. fantasy football? Tell me who's got a better left guard. Tell me who's got a better right tackle. Kev, does it matter? I don't know. Does it? Kev, I, w- I would venture to say half the times that the Chiefs pick a play, Patrick Mahomes winds up scrambling out of the pocket and making something happen out of nothing. Okay. Right. So, which is a dimension that Cam brings this year that Brady see, never did. See, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is why we don't discuss our picks prior to it because we are going head to head at Arrowhead. <laughs> I am taking the Chiefs minus seven all day long against Cam. Kevin likes the Patriots. Well, the good news, time will tell. The good news is uh, maybe it's the bad news. We're not both going three and zero this week. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what makes it good. Then you guys have to determine who you're going to listen to when the pick's moving forward. Yeah, so um, the uh, I hear your point with the Ravens and the Patriots who's a better team, but you also have to look at the spot. Okay. The Chargers gave the Chiefs a run for their money. Chiefs were probably feeling themselves, and then they were super focused for a primetime game against the team that is their arch rival in the AFC. Okay. Now, I'm not saying... They're taking their foot off the gas, but they're probably a little more lax coming home. It's still a short week. Patriots played at home against the shit Dolphins team, won. They went on the road against Seattle, almost won, but didn't, and Kansas City's a better team than Seattle. And then they played at home against the Raiders and beat them by two touchdowns. Now they're going on the road to play the best team in the league, undisputed, and it's a seven-point spread. All day, I'm taking the Chiefs. And I could be wrong. Honestly, you know what will happen here, right? The Chiefs will win, win by, by like seven. five. Oh, the Chiefs will win by seven. Yeah, the Chiefs will win by like five or something. Maybe the Chiefs win by seven and we'll both be 2-0-1. Oh, yeah, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> All right, Kev. I to- love when we go heads up. I, can't, I, wait to, I can't wait to see what your put third it, bet is. Put it down. Okay, so my third pick 
God, I hope it's against yours. God, I hope it is too. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the Houston Texans minus three and a half at home. Simply nope, not. Nope, nope. You're not backing. No, I mean you're not backing Kirk Cousins and Co. No, you can do that all you want. I'm just we're not going heads up on this one. All Sorry. right. So the Texans are obviously at home. They're own three, so they'll clearly be fully motivated, as will the Vikings. But as I touched on earlier, the Texans could be the best own three team in NFL history. The, they played. <laughs> let's not let's not go crazy. But I sure. mean, I'm not going to go back and look at every own three team over the past, you know, hundred years. History, but. Yeah. You know, we, we we documented who they played. They played the Ravens, played the Chiefs, played the Steelers. They were ahead of the Steelers at half. Bill O'Brien clearly made no halftime adjustments, or Mike Tomlin just outcoached the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's that explicit. Uh, and that's where we are. The Vikings are clearly on the struggle bus. Their defense is uh, looking awful, which was always the strength of their team. And they had to shut down operations a couple days this week because they played um, the Titans last week who had the COVID outbreak. So they had to shut down their facility a couple days this week just out of precaution. And we all know the stats on Kirk Cousins and playing in primetime and being out of sync and not having his usual routine. So I think that could affect things. Other than that, I just think the Texans are underrated. I liked them last week when you picked them, even though they weren't one of my best bets. And they're not going to go 0-16, so why not pick up a win this week at home against a Viking team who is struggling mightily? Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. We're still we're still believing in the, in the Texans. My third and final bet. Did I say is, Houston's minus 3.5? I don't think I gave the spread. You did say 3.5. Oh, I'm looking at it at sorry. 4 right now. Um, it's up to you. 3.5 is good with me. No ties. I am Even taking my first were three and seven. I am taking the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's laying a touchdown at home against the Chargers. Okay, so this this basically comes down to a lot of things. Um, who's got the better coach? Anybody but Anthony Lynn. So Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, more seasoned, more veteran than uh, Justin Herbert, who's only playing in his third game. And we talked about this earlier in the pod, how dominant Tampa Bay's defense has been. I feel like if they can stuff Austin Eckler in the running game and they force um, Justin Herbert into a couple of third and longs, they're going to really struggle moving the ball on Tampa Bay's defense. And do I think uh, that the Chargers have a pretty good defense? Yeah, but um, with uh, to your point before, Joey Bosa is doubtful or is questionable to play this weekend. Derwin James is still out. And Melvin Ingram can't do the entire defensive load by himself. So I think that Tom Brady is going to pick his spots. He's got uh, Mike Evans. He's got Gronk. He's got, uh, unfortunately, Godwin. Godwin's still listed as doubtful for this weekend. But I think this is just more of the learning uh, experience that it's going to be for Justin Herbert as a rookie quarterback in the NFL. And I think Tom is going to show him a lesson. And I think they're going to cover a seven-point spread at home. So give me the Bucks minus seven. Kevin's so, pondering. Dan, I have good news. Kevin's pondering something. We are going heads up. Because my parlay is the Chargers. Plus seven and under 43. Oh, goodness gracious. So, you documented the defenses. The Chargers defense has given up 13-23 to the Chiefs. And 21 points. And the Bucks also have a good defense. So I love the under here more than anything. And when there is an under, I'm taking a touchdown because obviously that's saying there'll be less points. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you mentioned Godwin's out. 
I mentioned it earlier in the pod that I feel like this is still a learning process for the Bucks, specifically on offense, specifically getting in sync. And I like the Chargers defense, so I'm taking the seven and under 43. And if the Chargers won last week on that hook and ladder and they'd be two and one, this spread would probably be four and a half, five, I don't know, somewhere not seven. So I think there's value in the market on the Chargers plus seven. Now, the only thing that's making me second guess this is every week I say I'm not going to take Atlanta or the Chargers. <laughs> and you wind up reverting right back to that. And last week I took Atlanta, who had one of the bigger meltdowns since, actually the week before, but Atlanta did it. And this week I'm taking the Chargers, who do, as I quoted, I'm using this for every week moving forward, chargery things. <laughs> and The chargeriest things ever? We'll see, but I don't need them to win the game. I need their defense to show up. I need their offense not to be atrocious. And I need uh, low scoring. So give me the plus seven and under 43. Kev? This, We're not going to be 3-0. and <laughs> Kev, this is a groundbreaking week on the pod for you and I. Because my third, or my parlay... Are you taking the Bengals? Is the Bengals minus three and over 48 and a half. Okay, oh listen. Oh my God. Okay, so listen. At the very beginning... You might be if, smart with that if, over. If we go back... I mean, it's like 80% this year almost, I feel like. At the, if we go back to the very beginning of the season, uh, maybe our first pod... I believe that you said and you thought that the Jaguars were going to be the worst team in the league and potentially go 0-16, and, and then they won the first week, and you're like, all right, 1-15. Now you're backing them, okay? Cincinnati's at home. Fans, no fans, whatever. Joe Burrow is just coming off of a, of a game where he played pretty well. I mean, the guy was lights out last year in college. This is his fourth start now as a oh. starter. Hold on. Who had an hour and five minutes for Dan to mention some guy was good in college? Well, if you did, then you're spot on because that's where we're at. <laughs> anyway, Joe Burrow, listen, I like the matchup, okay? I'm taking it because it's a spot here. I think that Cincinnati's going to – I don't think Cincinnati's going over, okay? So they're going to win eventually. And what better to take advantage of than they're playing the Jaguars? The only other option is maybe if they play the Browns one more time this year, they can get a revenge game, okay? So Cincinnati at home, they've lost to – the Chargers, your boys, by three. They lost to the Bengals by five, and then they tied the Eagles. So they're trending in the right direction of keeping it closer. I just feel like the Bengals are going to win eventually at some point. And, uh, you know, why not be this weekend? Because they're playing the stash. Yeah, well. This is awesome. I can't wait. We are so heads up. So are we hanging out this weekend now? We better. You better clear your calendar. I guess so. <laughs> I'll bring the beer and you and me can just go back and forth <laughs> to each other. Yeah, bring your PayPal. You could, you could add Nah, straight cash, homie. You can bring me back all the money I lost last week. So, yeah, I'm going Cincy. I mean, look, the teams are evenly matched. They both average 23 points a game and 22 points a game. Jaguars give up 28 points a game. Uh, Cincinnati County gives up 25 points a game. So, you know, is it evenly matched? Yeah. Do I think Cincinnati's going to finally pull one out and actually put a, put a W on the board? You know, Tyler Boyd's been having a nice year playing. He's got, uh, you know, already 21 receptions. Right, I mean, what do you want me to say here? Kevin, you know, man, listen to Kevin, people. He's just mad that I'm going against his picks. Like, you're doubting it. me? I love it. <laughs> Makes right. me feel that much more confident about my picks. <laughs> you're such an ass. And you could say that last year when you were like 20 games I got over. to a slow start last year and I had a nice run. So yeah, I did I'll get, too. I'll and I just there. continued to go down. It was like the stock market. All right, so just to recap best bets, Kevin has the Jags plus three, the Pats plus seven, the Texans minus three and a half, 
And then my parlay is the Chargers plus seven and under 43. Dan has the Dallas Cowboys minus four and a half, the Kansas City Chiefs minus seven, the Tampa Bay Bucks minus seven, and the Bengals minus three and over 48 and a half. So Dan is just pounding the favorites. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going favorites and I'm going big. So A lot of points, a lot of favorites, people. Let's see uh, who has the better week. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be back next week to tell you. We, we're not both going to have a good one. We're not both going to have a bad one, though. Yeah. So, so uh, enjoy the games. We will be back next week. We will recap these heads-up picks. And uh, enjoy the weekend, everyone. Over and out.